Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد إن شاء الله we'll continue our uh, session where we left off uh, today uh, إن شاء الله I'll be covering uh, uh, three small topics within the beginning era of the Medina time of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم after he migrated uh, the first one would be about uh, the building the masjid the masjid the Nabawi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam built after, first thing he did after he uh, came to Medina. Second thing, we'll talk about the brotherhood between the Muslims. And the third thing will be about the uh, <clears throat> the kind of uh, thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, created in the, uh, within the individuals in the Medina society. So um, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he... Uh, uh, arrived in Medina as we talked about this uh, previously he arrived in Medina on the 12th of uh, Rabi'ul Awwal uh, which is the first year of the Hijrah uh, as the uh, Hijri calendar starts from the migration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu entered uh, in Medina uh, after he stayed in, uh, in Quba for about four days and he built a masjid over there as well uh, and then Rasulullah came to Medina and uh, he, he he started building the masjid in, at the place where uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the camel of Rasulullah stopped and he uh, he bought the masjid from the from the orphans mm-hmm. who owned that uh, that place. And that place is a place where actually there were graves of uh, mushrikeen. Uh, Prior to Rasulullah came there, and uh, so th- those 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 graves were dug up and they were moved to other places before the masjid was built. And Rasulullah himself was participating in uh, building the uh, building the masjid. Uh, he was uh, helping. Uh, he was working with the rest of the Sahaba uh, to build the masjid, bringing the bricks and bringing the rest of the things that uh, was needed to build the masjid. And he. Uh, used to say, Allahumma, uh, Allahumma illa aishu ansar wal muhajira. That, uh, so the meaning is, that, Oh Allah, no bliss is there but that of hereafter. I, I beseech you to forgive the immigrants and uh, and the helpers, which are the uh, muhajirin and the ansar. Now, uh, after Rasulullah uh, uh, built the masjid, uh, the thing came to the mind that how to call the people towards uh, the Salah and uh, different uh, 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 suggestions were brought in front of Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, Things like uh, uh, have a uh, gong to uh, like uh, like Christians have, or uh, to have a we call the bugle kind of thing to make the noise or bring the people to masjid. And then uh, one of the Sahabi and later on Umar bin Khattab um, uh, The Sahabi name was Abdullah bin Zaid. Uh, he saw the dream, and in that dream, uh, he was shown how to give the adhan. And uh, when he mentioned to Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, he accepted that. And uh, afterwards, Umar al-Khattab saw the similar dream. Uh, and uh, uh, various hadith are 
are reported regarding their dreams and how Rasulullah uh, uh, accepted the adhan to be the way, way to call the people towards the uh, salah. Now, one, pe- one thing to remember here about the masjid that was built uh, by Rasulullah in Medina. Uh, number one thing is the uh, uh, what, what was the purpose of the masjid? Was it just to pray uh, or to do the Salatul Jumu'ah uh, and uh, things like that? Or was it the only the purpose? Was, was the only purpose Salah or not? If we if we look at uh, the Masjid al Nabawi that Rasulullah built, it was used for Salah for sure. But besides that, it was actually the headquarter of of the Medina state that Rasulullah built. This is the very same place that Rasulullah used for, uh, uh, for, for the daily prayers and he was the head of the state and he was using that place as, uh, as, a, uh, as a leader over the, over the believers and uh, passing the judgments, sending the armies, and uh, the masjid was used as a Baytul Mal as well, if any of the Ghanima came and that was distributed among the Muslims or any sadaqat that came or zakah was collected. And uh, if uh, there was any uh, any disputes among uh, among the people, then the judgments were made uh, over there as well, meaning it was uh, uh, used as a place where uh, a qadi is make, or judge is making uh, judgments among the disputes. And... Uh, uh, and, and many other way, uh, purposes the, the masjid is used for. So as a whole, if you want to put it in a nutshell, the masjid was used, the masjid Nabawi, as the place which was, uh, which was, uh, which was uh, the place for the leader to make uh, all, pass all the judgments and rule over the people from. <clears throat> now, after the masjid, was, so the, the reason I'm bringing this up about the building the masjid here, uh, and uh, we may talk about uh, the masjid issue in the question and answer sessions also, especially today when uh, we are going through this uh, COVID-19 virus uh, uh, pandemic that's going on and that's causing the masajids to be shut down. Uh, I just want to make a, a small statement here and we'll talk, we can talk inshallah more if there are any questions about that in the Q&A. But the, the, the statement I want to make is this. Look, Rasulullah built the first masjid when he migrated from Mecca to Medina, where he became the ruler. And masjid was used for the purpose, one of the, another purpose of besides prayer was used for ruling as well. And hence, uh, we, we find that there is no separation of religion and state and, and, and state in Islam. Meaning, in Islam, Deen is the one that not only regulates our uh, spirituality, but it also regulates our political life and all systems of life. So that that should be understood when we think about or talk about a masjid that was built by Rasulullah But today, because of COVID-19, we find that uh, even our masajid are the ones who are controlled or if not controlled per se like that, but they are dictated to do the things, what they can do in the masjid and what they cannot do in the masjid. I understand the the, uh, the, the difficult times people are going through because of COVID-19, but 
the important thing to understand here is what is the role of the masjid now? Does masjid even have any say of their own or not? And uh, if we look deeply, we find that uh, it does not. And as a matter of fact, we have become more of a like even the masajid are dictated to do what uh, what they can do, what they cannot do by the state. No different than the Christian churches or, uh, or, or Jewish synagogues or uh, temples or other other religions uh, are dictated by the state. What part of the religion they can follow, what they cannot follow. So we are unfortunately because of not having the the similar kind of a Medina state that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam established. Because of the absence of that, because of the absence of the Islamic State, we are in that uh, uh, situation where uh, the deen is actually also, for us, is dictated by, uh, the, uh, by the state. Now, the second thing that Rasulullah did in uh, Medina when he, when he moved to Medina was he uh, created a brotherhood between the Muslims. Uh, so, so first thing was... Uh, to take care of the relationships among the Muslims because they were Muslims who migrated from uh, Mecca to Medina which were the Muhajireen and the Muslims who were already the residents of uh, they were the residents of the Medina which were the Ansar and uh, Rasulullah approached them and there was a gathering of about 90 people 90 men uh, and there were half of them were um, um, the Muhajireen and half of them were Ansar and uh, he addressed to them and he addressed to them uh, uh, in a way that uh, uh, to, to bring to, to create a uh, create a love among them and to make sure that the, uh, the make sure that the, the Muhajireen who migrated from Mecca to Medina their needs have been taken care of as well because uh, when they came to Medina they basically left off uh, almost everything what they had uh, in Mecca, and they they they, they are the one who who needed help in Medina. And Rasulullah what he did was he created a brotherhood between uh, uh, one Ansar family with the other uh, Muhajir family. So, for example, uh, as one of the example, there's uh, when Abdul Rahman bin Auf uh, who came from uh, from Medina, Mecca to Medina, he was made a brother of Abdul Rahman bin. Uh, sorry. He was made, uh, Abdul Rahman bin Auf was made the brother of uh, Sa'ad bin, uh, bin Rabi'ah. And Sa'ad bin, uh, Sa'ad bin uh, Rabi'ah, he, he, he told Abdul Rahman bin Auf that uh, he would give half of his property to him. And uh, even he was going to, uh, he was willing to divorce one of the two wives. And, uh, and after the waiting period of Idda, uh, he was asked, uh, he offered Abdul Rahman bin Auf, he can even marry. Uh, the other wife as well, and Abdul Rahman bin Auf actually he uh, he did not accept anything from uh, from his pro- uh, home or the property or or the wives. Rather, he asked uh, kindly to uh, show him where the market is so he can make his living uh, of his own. And uh, uh, as we know from the life of Abdul Rahman bin Auf, uh, in a very short period of time, uh, he was able to not only uh, able to make his own living, but rather he was able to actually get married very quickly. Uh, and uh, one of the reports talk about Abdul Rahman bin Auf. Uh, he uh, he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he had some yellow uh, uh, 
uh, yellow thing on his body. And that normally uh, is used by the women uh, when they get married, uh, at least at those times. And I believe uh, in some of uh, Indian Pakistani culture, they do the same thing. Uh, so uh, when Rasulullah saw on him, he asked for it and he said he got married. Uh, and Rasulullah asked him that uh, what, did he uh, what did he give for mahar? And he said he gave a small piece of gold, meaning he was able, he was a successful uh, a tajir or a merchant that he was able to make enough money in a very short period of time that he was give, able to give a piece of gold as a as a mahar and, and another aspect of that which is a, a side note uh, which is kind of uh, interesting to see that a sahabi like uh, Abdurrahman bin Auf who was from the very uh, early um, uh, 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 people who came into the folds of Islam in Mecca he got married and Rasulullah is finding out after he got married. Meaning, it seems that Rasulullah did not even have knowledge of him getting married and he told him afterwards. Uh, today, uh, many of the people, if uh, unfortunately, if they're not invited for a wedding or a marriage of uh, even a uh, distant uh, relative or distant friend, they get angry. Here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was the leader of the Muslim Ummah, a, a prophet, the last messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the, the most beloved uh, of the creation of Allah azza wa jal. And he is not invited to the wedding of Abdurrahman bin So it was not uh, as big of a deal as today, nowadays we have made it, uh, to be invited or to create weddings uh, in a manner that it becomes actually very difficult for a, for a woman or a man to think about getting married. They think years and years to, so they can make enough money so they can have a huge party and then they're going to get married, which we do not find in the lives of the Sahaba like that. So this is just a side note so uh, to, to remember uh, that and inshallah we can think about uh, the similar uh, kind of a things when either we are getting married or uh, our beloved ones are getting married who we are. Uh, trying to uh, make the wedding for them. Now, uh, besides that, when Rasulullah uh, so, so he created a, a charter among uh, among the uh, the Muhajirin and the Muslims, and it's a very interesting uh, uh, charter that was created. And Rasulullah so, and I will just uh, go over those points. Uh, there were about uh, twelve or thirteen points uh, that were mentioned. About uh, which was a charter between the Mahajirin and the uh, and the Ansar or among the believers, you want to call it. So number one was they are one nation to the exclusion of other people. So uh, this idea of one ummah that Muslims uh, are one ummah with exclusion of everybody else. That is from the beginning of the time when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was. Uh, was sent as a messenger and when he was establishing a say he made sure this point is there that Muslims are one nation uh, with the exclusion of anybody who's not a Muslim. Number two was that immigrants of the Quraysh Muhajireen shall unite together and pay blood money from among themselves and shall ransom honorably their uh, prisoners. Every tribe of the helpers shall unite together as they were uh, at first and every section uh, among them will pay a ransom for the Reasoning its relative prisoners. So, so this is about, uh, and uh, we can we can see the similar things when about even when uh, uh, 
in, in Islam there's a concept called if somebody kills somebody by mistake and now uh, uh, there's a dia that's supposed to be paid off. If the person cannot pay off of his own, then his relatives uh, pitch in to make sure that, uh, that the blood money has been paid off. So this is similar to that that was done among the uh, Ansar and Muhajirin that they will take care of uh, their uh, tribal people. Okay, uh, but that does not take away the idea of uh, one nation. It is more of a how to take care of the affairs among themselves. Number three was believers shall not leave anyone poor among them by not paying his redemption money or blood money in kind. Number four was whoever is rebellious or whoever seeks to spread enmity and sedition, the, the hand of every God-fearing Muslim shall be against him even if he be his own son. Uh, number five, a believer shall not kill another believer nor shall support a disbeliever against a believer. Number six, the protection of Allah is one and is equally extended to the, the humblest of the believers. Number seven was the believers are supported by each other. Number eight, whosoever of the Jews follows us shall have aid and help. They shall not be injured nor any uh, enemy, be, enemy be added against them. Now here, uh, the number eight part about the Jews is uh, we will inshallah discuss that next week uh, when we will talk about the uh, uh, the alliance or the treaty with, with treaty with the Jews, but this one is talking about about the Jews who uh, uh, whoever the Jews follow us, meaning they are becoming uh, uh, they, they they are following becoming Muslim, so they will become part of the Ummah. And uh, but if they are following the becoming the citizen of the state also, then uh, they shall not be injured. That as we know in Islam, when it comes to Ahlul Dhamma. Uh, which is uh, the people who are not Muslims but they are citizens of, of the Islamic State. They are uh, they get the same protection as the Muslims. So but because they were treated dealing with another uh, uh, another uh, people who belong to another religion, they had to be uh, taken care of in the state. So they will not be they will not be uh, if if they are, they, they are somebody try to hurt them, then the Islamic State will protect them as well. Okay, number nine. The peace of the believers is indivisible. No separate peace shall be made when believers are fighting in the way of Allah. Conditions must be fair and equitable to all. So here it's not, it will not be like this, that uh, there is a, there's a peace for the Ansar but not for the Muhajirin. Or there's a peace for Muhajirin but not for the Ansar. Uh, so that goes back to the very first point, that the uh, Al-Ansar and uh, the Muhajirin, they are one Ummah, one body, and they will be treated as one. So whatever the peace is for one, it will apply automatically for the other. And same thing goes for the, any kind of uh, uh, animosity or uh, enmity is happening. Number 10. It shall not be lawful for the believer who holds by what is in this document and believes in Allah and the Day of Judgment to help a criminal, nor give him refuge, those who give him refuge and provide him help shall have the curse and anger of Allah on the day of resurrection. Their indemnity is not accepted. 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 Number 11. Uh, killing a believer deliberately with no good reason entails killing the killer uh, unless the heirs consider it otherwise. So this is talking about uh, uh, if there is, uh, this is specific to uh, 
if uh, if a if a person if a Muslim kills another Muslim, then uh, he uh, without any reason that Islam allows, or it was not an accidental uh, killing. In that case, uh, that killer will be killed unless the heirs, which are the one who are the 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 the, the of the of the one who's killed, they they accept the condition that they are willing to take the blood money from uh, from the killer or they, 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 they forgive him. But they, this has to come from the all the uh, inheritors. Okay, number 12, whenever you differ about a matter, it must be referred to Allah and to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is, uh, this is a, uh, this is we know of a very simple principle which is mentioned in the Quran as well. That uh, that uh, you follow Allah and His Messenger and the one in authority, uh, uh, you, you 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 obey them. But if you uh, if you have any kind of uh, differences, uh, then you have to go back to Allah and His Messenger, and you and you, and you go back to Quran and Sunnah. So that's uh, about the when it comes to how Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam build the brotherhood among the Muslims from uh, from a state person, from a ruler perspective. Now, uh, besides uh, uh, just creating a society where the laws have been made over the people to follow and they, they, uh, they're, they're obliged to, uh, to act as one body and uh, stay within the rules, Rasulullah also uh, installed some individualistic uh, characteristics among the Muslims. So we can see that how the individuals are supposed to move within the Islamic society as well, or as a Muslim, uh, uh, whether they are in the Islamic society or not. And inshallah, at the, at the end, I will talk about a little bit uh, comparison of individual law in a society and uh, uh, as, as, as a rule which I apply on the society that can, uh, that can monitor the behaviors of the, uh, of the Muslims. Now, when it comes to the individualist society, we find that Rasulullah stressed many uh, characteristics, and I will inshallah name a few of them, uh, that were that became like the part of the fabric of the society, but also on, a, a, on every individual level that can be seen. Like, for example, uh, one of the things was about spreading the salam among the Muslims or to feed, the, uh, feed each other. Like the hadith of Rasulullah that says, Meaning that then you provide the food and extend greetings to one whom you know or you don't know. This is unfortunately, nowadays it has become a very strange thing for the people. If somebody says salam to somebody who you don't know, the uh, kind of they become, uh, others actually look at strangely. But at the same time, you see, uh, and you and I, we all feel this. If you go and say salam, so I'm not talking about feeding and saying salam to the one you already know, because we know that this is a very normal thing even in today's life for us. But to say salam to know the one you don't know, and uh, you find a, a direct connection right away between two Muslims. Once you say salam, you feel like you are already close to him, right? I mean, because, because you know the person who has answered salam back to you, he is your Muslim brother. And right away, all the things that the Quran and Sunnah gives us, 
that become, we know that they are common between us and we can relate to each other. And uh, uh, we, we, we have the common basis and now we can talk about the things without any, uh, uh, any kind of a, a problem or issues. Um, so that's about the salam. Uh, similarly, Rasulullah says, Ya ayyuhunnas, afshu'u salam wa at'amu ta'am wa wasilu al-arham wa sallu bil-layl wa nasu niyam wa dukhulu al-jannah bil-salam. Meaning, uh, O people, uh, spread the salam and uh, feed the food and wasilu al-arham, connect your uh, relationship with, the, with your kids and kins. We're basically talking about your uh, from relatives from, the, uh, from your mother's side. Wa sallu bil-layl and uh, uh, pray during the night when nasuniyam when the people are sleeping uh, you enter into jannah and enter into jannah with peace uh, in the paradise but that's about uh, in general the kind of relationship that the muslims should have with each other and similarly rasulullah said al muslimu man salim al muslimuna min lisani wa yadi meaning a muslim is is the one whose tongue and hands the muslims are safe from so this is the way a muslim should look at Similarly, Rasulullah said, The Muslim cannot be a true believer. You cannot be a true believer unless you love uh, for your brother or you love for yourself. And, and that should not be thinking of, uh, thinking of only uh, the money and the wealth and all those things. Rather, we should be thinking of this way that if I know of some uh, something good, which is Islam, there cannot be anything better than Islam. And we are aware of the, 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 uh, the thoughts and ideas that we have accepted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do. Then we should not be just keeping those ideas to ourselves. We understand what are the things that the Muslims uh, should be following. But unfortunately, because of today's reality that we are living in, where secularism is all over the place, and uh, um, Muslims are also being targeted to be secularized. And we find them that we are indulging into the secular ideas. We cannot say that, yes, I understand that there are many people who are getting involved into those ideas. And I just think of myself and just uh, say, yeah, Alhamdulillah, I am not, I do, I'm not carrying the secular ideas. See, as a Muslim, it is a must on us. To first of all, if I like this thing because I, I understand that that can take me into Jannah, then I have to take it to the others as well. Simple as that. And uh, besides that, Amal bil Ma'roof and Nahi Munkar, which is enjoying the good and forbidding the evil, it is an obligation on us. It is not a recommended uh, action that you do when you feel like. Rather, it is an obligation. We are accountable for it. As one of the hadith that talks about uh, uh, either you do Amr al-Maruf or or Allah Azza wa Jalla will put the uh, put the rulers over you uh, the, who will be uh, will be doing the dhulm on you. And another hadith talks about like this that uh, uh, you do the Amr al-Maruf or or Allah will uh, descend his aqab, descend his punishment over you, and you will raise your hand. In front of Allah Azza wa Jalla and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will not respond to your du'a. You ask, you make du'a to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and Allah will not accept your du'a. Okay. Now, <clears throat> other uh, things that Rasulullah Sallam did was about creating a brotherhood. Uh, he mentioned, uh, reminding the Muslims about that how they are supposed to be brothers to each other. Meaning, one of the hadith says, "Al-Mu'minuna karajul al-Wahid." إن اشتكى عينه اشتكى كله وان اشتكى رأسه اشتكى كله 
meaning the believer in their mutual love are like the human body. Well, this is actually <clears throat> like the human body. When where the eye is in agony, pain, then the entire body feels the pain. And when the head aches, all the body will suffer. And similarly, other hadith talks about that, that, uh, that if the body feels, uh, uh, feels the pain, uh, one part of the body feels the pain, the whole body uh, becomes anxious or feels the, uh, the fever. And uh, Rasulullah says, Al-Mu'minu bi mu'minikal bunyan. Meaning the bonds of brotherhood between two Muslims are like parts of a house. One part strengthens and holds the other. So there are many ahadith besides that uh, that talks about uh, the brotherhood that the Muslims uh, should have. Uh, and alhamdulillah that uh, on an individual level we can see that, that it still exists among the Muslims. Uh, on an ummah level it has a different uh, scenario and we'll talk about that inshallah. Um, similarly, Rasulullah also stressed a lot about the neighbors. And he stressed so much about the neighbors that one of the hadith talks about that Rasulullah was keep talking about the rights of the neighbors to an extent that Sahaba start thinking that as if they are going to be part of their inheritance as well. One of the hadith says, Meaning, he will not enter paradise whose neighbor is not secure from his wrongful conduct. And another hadith says, لَيْسَ الْمُؤْمِنُ بِالَّذِي يَشْبَعُ وَجَارُهُ جَعْرٌ إِلَى جَانِبِهِ He is not a perfect believer who goes to bed full and knows that his neighbor is hungry. Now, uh, uh, the, 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 the things, the way they are going today, uh, especially because of this COVID-19 that's going on, uh, as a Muslim, we should be aware of our uh, our neighbors, uh, the, the neighbors we have around us. If if any of them is in need, we should be the uh, first responders. Uh, because of uh, not because of we want them to be on our side or something. So see, our actions should be more of it because Allah Azza wa Jal has commanded us to act like this. So it, it, it should be to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unfortunately, sometimes we find it that uh, uh, people think of it, oh, if we are being nice to the neighbors, then they will be nice back to me or uh, they will think better of the Muslims and all those things. No, I mean, see, our actions have to be driven by the hukum of Allah azza wa If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to do something, that is the only reason we are doing it. Nothing else. And as a matter of fact, if we are mixing things and thinking something else to achieve out of our actions rather than the pleasure of Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually does not accept an action in which that uh, there is some sort of a mixing has been done. Meaning instead of the pleasure of Allah, something else is also uh, is uh, uh, approached or uh, sorted. Um, so that's about the uh, about the uh, about the neighbors. Uh, when it comes to uh, charity, uh, there are uh, many many hadith about the subject that Rasulullah uh, commanded on individual level. But of course, there is a whole aspect of charity that goes on on the societal level or the, from the state level. Rasulullah said, uh, <clears throat> "Charity erases sins just as water extinguishes fire." Another hadith says, Ayyuma Muslim, Kisa Muslim, Man Thawban Ala Uri, meaning clothing and under, uh, 
clad Muslim entitles you to a garment from the paradise. And the hadith continues on, feeding a hungry Muslim will make you eligible by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the fruit of the paradise. And if you provide water to a thirsty Muslim, Allah will provide you with a drink from the sealed nectar, uh, which is, by the way, one of the book that we, the title of the book that I'm mostly using is Rahikul Maktoum, that uh, uh, we are using for the Arsira session. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, besides uh, the charity, Rasulullah وسلم, also uh, uh, stressed on the subject of uh, uh, not to be not to be oppressive against your own Muslim brother. Rasulullah so says, Al-Muslimu ahu al-Muslim. La yazlimu wa la yuslimu. Wa man kana fi hajat akhi kana Allahu fi hajat. A Muslim is a brother of a Muslim. He neither oppresses him nor does he hand him over to an oppressor. Whoever fulfills the need of his brother, Allah will fulfill his needs. So now when it comes to uh, the individualistic part of the society or the, the, the aspects of the individuals who are Rasulullah built uh, and, and play their roles in the, in the society, we, uh, we should not forget that this was not in the vacuum. There was a society already that Rasulullah has created in Medina, meaning he was the ruler over the people. So it was not without a political and ruling system. It was along with that political system in Medina. So if if we if we don't if we don't pay attention to that, then we will not get the most out of Islam. As a matter of fact, so if we want to get to understand uh, or to get the most out of Islam, we have to always remember there's an individualistic aspect of uh, of Islam and as well as a societal aspect, and they both have to be present because they are the one they help each other. Uh, they go complementary to each other. It cannot be uh, just taking one as a whole. And today what has happened is, because we don't have, when we're talking about the Medina uh, state here, of Rasulullah wasallam or the Madani uh, era, uh, many times we read about things which, are, which have happened there, uh, and if we just start looking into individual aspects or individ- uh, the, the things that people were doing on an individual basis, and that's the only thing we start taking into our lives, we may not get the best out of uh, out of Islam, uh, meaning uh, uh, we we can see that today when it comes to charity on an individual basis, Muslims are probably at the forefront of giving the charity. When it comes to uh, uh, be nice to the, their neighbors, to uh, uh, or uh, to show the brotherhood, any Muslim brother in pain, you will find many many brothers and sisters will get up and they will try to help them out, uh, whether they are Muslim or non-Muslim, uh, but. Uh, because it is in the absence of the Medina state that Rasulullah established, uh, all these things kind of uh, look sometimes as they're not going in any direction. So these both both these aspects have to be uh, have to be present if we want to really see the uh, the fruits that Rasulullah and the Sahaba and later generations for 13, 14 centuries achieved that we fail to see today because of the absence of the similar kind of a Medina state that existed in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I'll, I'll inshallah stop here and we'll uh, continue next week with the treaty with the Jews. Uh, but inshallah, if there is any questions. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events 
Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.